0: the idea of the great commitment missions the great commitment now next Sunday we're going to look at missions the great cost and what it costs and how we as a church uh, are involved in supporting and helping missionaries get around the world and we're going to talk about the the program we have at the church that allows us to do that so we're going to explain and go in detail about that next week this week is the great uh, commitment Uh, the work of missions in our world today is is uh, it's a only going to be accomplished if God's people have a great commitment to it because of the size of the task because of the uh, workload that's available uh, that's needed it's not going to happen just if we're just careless about it if it's just oh that's a good idea uh, you know I was talking to somebody at work party this just Friday night uh, about sometimes we have projects at home that we want to do and those are on our that would be nice to do someday list and they've been there forever Right. There are things that someday I would love to be able to get power to the garage. Amen. <laughs> someday I would love to be able to do this or that. We've got these project lists and somebody was giving me a hard time not too long ago about my 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 dream list, I guess. And I said, hey, I plug away at it. I had a dream of building a smoker. It took me two and a half years, but I got it built finally, you know, at some point. And then I was going to build a log splitter for the kids to split wood. And that took a long time, slowly collecting materials. But I got to it. But sometimes we have those things that they're just kind of, well, that would be nice. And how many of you know it's really hard to get around to those type of things? You see, so we got to have something that's a priority that we're really putting a focus on that we've got a commitment to accomplishing if it's going to come to pass. Those things we usually get done because they are of utmost importance to us. And that's what it's going to take for us as Christians. If we're going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's going to take a commitment. We've got to be willing to commit to it, realizing all that's at stake. Um, I assure you that the stakes are high. It's amazing that in our information age today, that child migrant worker in the jungles of Papua New Guinea has a cell phone. He can connect to the internet, but he doesn't have a gospel witness. He doesn't have a copy of the scripture in his dialect or his language. Uh, It's amazing where we're at. It's estimated today that there are still 10,000 unreached people groups in the world. And only through a great commitment to missions will these people be reached. This job at times can seem overwhelming. But as God's people, we can't get discouraged. We, we, Like any task, you look at it as a whole and you think, man, this is impossible. But, uh, I mean, how do you eat an elephant? (laughs) One bite at a time, right? One bite at a time. Any job that looks overwhelming, you just say, hey, uh, just do one thing at a time. And and that's how we're going to reach the world is one soul at a time. And, uh, you know, the results are up to God, but the, the mission has been given to us to go, and we've got to realize the importance of this mission. Nothing on earth is greater than the spreading of the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and His provision for the souls of men. Um, there's never been a greater task assigned to anybody, and never a greater greater weight of responsibility given to anybody. And it's our privilege to pick up the baton from those that have gone before. We read the great missionary stories of of bygone days and and missionaries that gave it up all, gave up everything and went and reached a a people for the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, we, we, we glory in that. But those days are gone and that missionary is gone. And there's new people today that need to be reached. And so we've got to pick up the baton and go after it today to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. So, First of all, I want you to see the, the uh, assignment is great. The assignment that we have is great. This is a great assignment given to us by God. God's plan is to use men to reach men. That's God's plan. You know, he could, he tells us in the Bible, he could have had the rocks cry out, Right? But God chose to use men to reach men. That's by God's design. That's his plan. And he wants us to be actively sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants us to reach others. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. The amazing story of God's love, his death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God put us with trusted, trusted us with it. So what are we doing with it? We've been trusted with it. Are we sharing it and spreading it and giving it like he has asked us to do? Or are we just hiding it? Are we hoarding it? Or are we accomplishing what we've been assigned to do? God's plan is to use men to reach men. Now, uh, God wants to reach every single people group out there. John, in his vision that God gave him in the book of Revelation, um, Somebody want to read for me Revelation chapter number five and verse number nine. Revelation chapter five, verse number nine. So God gives him a a vision. And John tells us the priority that God sets in this vision uh, of what's of things to come. Brother Glover, want to read that for us? So he says there, he says, here are the people that are present on that day. He says, God has redeemed us. God has saved us through his shed blood, the blood that was slain for us. He redeemed us unto God by thy blood. And he says, out of every kindred, every tongue, every people and nation. See, God wants us. The gospel was not just sent to America. The gospel was not just sent uh, to, to one continent. The gospel was sent to all mankind. He wants every group to be reached. Amen? Anybody agree with that? Amen. He wants all of us. He wants the whole world to be reached. It's not just sent to us. And he says here, there's people there from every kindred, every tongue, and people and nation. So how are these people in these nations that do not have a representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? They do not have... Uh, the, 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 a copy of the scripture in their language, how are they going to be reached? How, is, how are they going to hear about the truth? Paul described it for us in the book of Romans. In Romans uh, chapter 15, in verse number 21, he says, "...but as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand." You know, why don't you look in at Romans, if you would, Romans chapter 15, look at verse 20 and 21, and you tell me the significance of those verses based on what we're discussing here this morning, the idea of reaching the world with the gospel. So Romans chapter 15, right, is that what I said to you? Romans 15, verses 20 and 21, read that, think about it, and somebody tell me what is the significance of that in light of what we're discussing this morning. making you engage your brains. So I'm going to read it to you, and then hopefully in your mind you can think here. In Romans 15, 20, and 20, 21, he says, Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation, but as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. So, what is Paul saying? He's not going to do something someone else done. He's going out a fresh, new area. He's going to a place that doesn't have the gospel. He says, I. I understand here, if you read verse number 23, he's saying there's already a church established here. There's already the gospel witness here. My job, my responsibility given to me by God is that there's a group over here that has not heard the truth yet. They don't have the gospel. So lest I continue to build on another man's foundation, this foundation's been laid. The people here have a gospel witness. They have the Bible in their language. But I've got to go, uh, called of God, I've got to go over And and reach those people. Somebody's got to go tell them. That's what missions is. That's the assignment that we've been given. To realize uh, that there are people groups in the world that do not have a gospel witness. They don't have the, the word of God in their language. And this is very, very important. He didn't want to continue in locations that already had a witness. He wanted to go reach people that didn't have a witness. Beloved, we've got to be like Nehemiah was when he was given a job from God. You know, Nehemiah, well, what was Nehemiah's job? To build the wall. That was, he went back, one of the three groups of uh, people that went back home, and, and his assignment by God and the group that went with him was to rebuild the walls. And uh, he was given that task, but he says in Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 3, you know, he had Sam Ballett and Tobias, those, those men that came in and tried to stop him. They came and, you know, tried to hinder the work and stop the work from moving forward. Well, he says to him in Nehemiah 6.3, he says, And I sent messenger message unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Well, so I leave it and come down to you. You see, Sam Bell and Tobias were trying to get him distracted, trying to get him away from the work that he was involved in. And there's a lot of things in this world that will distract us from the work that God's called us to do, Right? This work of reaching the world with the gospel, this work of telling others about Christ. There's many things that consume our time and there's so many things that call for us, especially in today's world, in today's society. I mean, we're inundated on every hand. We're pulled in every single direction. Just for some of you to be here this morning, you had to put some other things off. You had to adjust and say, okay, I'm going to go to church. I'm not going to do this. or not going to do that because we're pulled in every direction. So if we're going to put a priority on this great assignment that God's given us, we've got to realize it's a great work. Nehemiah said, it's a great work that God's given me to do. I can't be bothered with coming down and chatting with you guys. I can't stop this work that God's given me to do because you have something that you want to talk about. They, of course, had an agenda to stop the work. And he he said, no, you're not going to be able to stop the work. We need to have that kind of focus on this great assignment that God has given us. Paul said in Corinthians, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, I realize that God's given me this task. And man, woe unto me if I'm not fulfilling it, if I'm not doing it. Christian, we've been given a great assignment. And it's going to take a commitment by us, a commitment to be fulfilling it locally here, doing our part. A commitment to help missionaries get around the world. A commitment to say, this is a great work. This is an important task and we want to be involved in it. It's a great work, beloved, because it's a great assignment that God's given us. It's great because the apostasy in the world is great. Beloved, there are many unreached people groups. A people group is a segment of population, a group defined by either their language their culture, their religion, their social group. There's many different ways in which a, a segment of the population can be, uh, would be even demographically uh, said, okay, here is a group of our population. Here in Baltimore, we have many different people groups because we're a very diverse community as a whole. This is very, that's one of the things we love about this area of the country. Uh, a very diverse community, and, and we've got many, many different people groups represented here, right in our in our community. But there's people groups all around the world that have not the truth of the gospel. It is said that there are twenty four thousand different people groups in the world. Right here in Hunt Valley, we probably have five thousand of them represented. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many, but there's so many. I mean, you think about the different people groups that we might have. What would you say? Let's get some class participation here. What are some people groups that we have that are right in our area that we need to look at and say, okay, how can we reach them? How can we minister to them? One people group, which we've tried to reach into, uh, worked at it because we have people in our church from them, is... There's a large Indian population here, large group of people that have come from India, Uh, whether they work in the tech field or whatever's brought them to this area. But sometimes there's whole neighborhoods uh, of people from India. And, uh, you know, we've we've tried different methods of reaching into that people group to try and give them the gospel. Um, What's another people group? You'd say there's right here represented. I heard Spanish. Large Spanish population. If God would allow us one day, I would love to have a, a full g- blown Spanish ministry here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church where we're bringing in Spanish speaking people and, uh, you know, maybe teaching them English, but more importantly, teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we would love to do a Spanish group. Uh, there's a Chinese population here. What's another people group? Maybe a couple little less known. I'm sorry? Liberian. Liberian. I would be definitely less known. Have you met some people from Liberia? Um, group people groups. You, in our area, you probably could go just about anywhere in the world, and uh, you know, pick that. And there's probably, and you know what, they know each other. People in the, these different people groups, because water finds its own level, and people find their own kind. And we like to, you know, Pastor Derek's from the south. Amazing how many people from the South he runs into, you know, (laughs) he talks to around here and they they find their own. They find Oh, you're from the South, too. Oh, yeah. And they have that that common bond, that connection. Well, that's just from here to North or South Carolina. I mean, I can't imagine the bond from your home country. You know that. uh, I mean, I know Moti talking to me. He's got a burden for reaching people from India. He wants to see those people reached and and always looking for ways. You know, he goes with me and we'll drop tracks off at the different Indian restaurants around town and and invitations to different events here at the church. And and, uh, he wants to reach into that because that's his people. He wants to give them the gospel. And, uh, you know, a little less known segment or group would be blind people. I've talked to uh, Bob and Carol several times. How can we reach? There has to be a whole blind community here. They get together. They have schools and they have activities and they have different other things. How can we reach into that? He's, he's told me it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I said, well, you, you come to church, you know, to get somebody that's blind to come to a new place and, and go through this. It's just, you know, we've talked about it, though, how to reach in there. What about deaf community? The deaf community. Uh, I've seen many churches have great deaf ministries. Uh, and that's a whole community, a whole group of people that we could reach. And so we always, as a pastor, in my heart and mind, I'm thinking, how can we, how can we break into that community? How can we impact that group and, and somehow minister to them? We need to be thinking about that. There are many unreached groups around the world. To be unreached means that they have no adequate means of being evangelized. Maybe they don't have the scripture in their language. Maybe there's not a gospel witness or gospel preaching ministry there at all that's known of. Um, There are now over 8 billion people in the world. It's estimated that about a third of those claim Christianity. Now, that would include every segment, group, population, kind, anybody that even remotely would consider themselves Christian. And I want you to understand, God's very clear. There are many that will say unto me, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. God's saying there's many people that claim to know the Lord that don't know the Lord because they're not following the Bible. They're not following God's way of salvation. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Right. Jesus Christ is the way. And if we're not following Christ and the way that he gave, then you know, you don't have the Son. He that hath the Son hath eternal life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. The Bible is very clear about those things. So, But a third of the world claims Christianity. A third of the world, although they don't claim Christianity, they have an opportunity to hear the truth at least. So you got about two-thirds of the world there that at least could be given the gospel but that leaves one-third as unreached, as don't really even have a gospel witness of any kind. They don't have anybody going and telling them. The majority of these people that are unreached are in what is called the 1040 window. I asked Pastor Gus to put this on the screen for us this morning uh, with our title, but the 1040 window is highlighted there in um, whatever that is, that's orange. <laughs> The ladies can pick uh, some fancy color, but it's highlighted there in orange. The 1040 window is basically West Africa to East Asia. It's from 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator. And so it's that window across there, that 1040 window, where it's, it's amazing that there's very little influence of the gospel. The number one religion in that region is Islam, and they say from that region out to the rest of the world, you can see uh, the, the stretch and the reach of Islam. But is Christianity reaching into there? Very, very little. In the 1040 window, it is comprised of 61 countries that make up a third of the total land area and nearly two thirds of the world's population. A third of the total land area is comprised in that, but two thirds of the world's population is in that. And yet it is very it is largely unreached. You think about the idea of Paul that said, hey, I don't want to keep going right here where there's, uh, you know, people have already been, where there's already a church established. I want to go reach somewhere where there is not a gospel witness. Well, for us today, that means inside the 1040 window somewhere because those people don't have the gospel witness. Of the world's 50 least evangelized countries, 37 of them are inside the 10, 1040 window. 37 of them are in that, in that group. So you see how great the opportunity is there. Two-thirds of the world's population, a third of the world's landmass. But do you know that today only 8% of all missionaries are somewhere inside that window? All missionaries around the world, but only 8% of the missionaries are in that area. They say, well, that area is really hard. Do you know why it's hard? Because there hasn't been a gospel witness there. Because there hasn't been somebody carrying the gospel to them, giving them the truth. I hope you're getting a picture of how important this is. How great of an assignment this is. How needy the communication of the gospel to the world is. I want you to see that not only is this a great assignment that we have, and it's great because the apostasy is great, but I want you to know that we have a great answer. The answer to the problem is great, and we praise God for that. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 3, he says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We have a great salvation. And that's the truth that we get to carry to unreached people groups. That's the truth that our missionaries that are represented by these flags are all over the world and they're presenting and giving that truth that Jesus Christ came, lived, suffered and died to pay their sin debt. The truth of the gospel. It's a great salvation. The answer God has provided truly is great. It's great because it was a great cost. Amen. It it, it took a great cost for Jesus to purchase our salvation. Romans 8, 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for for us all. How should he, now with him also, freely give us all things? He said he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He provided this great salvation by giving up his son. Galatians chapter 4 and verses 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He says, God sent sent his son, Jesus Christ. That's the message that needs to be carried to the world. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's a message that the church has for you. You can know the Lord. Jesus Christ came so that you could have salvation. He came to save his people from their sins. That's why he came. Let me ask you this morning. If, if you could earn your way to heaven, it, let me put it this way. if there were, People say, well, I don't see how that's possible. How could Jesus be the only way? I mean, isn't there a lot of ways to get to heaven? Isn't there a lot of good ideas? And, you know, we could do a lot of different things. And, and, I mean, after all, I've heard some good things over here and some good things over there. Let me ask you this. The God, the creator of the world, sent his son and he died for you. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If there was another way, why did Jesus have to die? Why did God give up his only son? I mean, if you could earn your way by just being good, why did Jesus die? Why didn't he just say, be good? If there was any other way, if you could find another solution, then God would not have to have sent his only son to die for you. I would beg of you this morning, if you don't know the Lord, trust him before it's eternally too late. But that's the message. That's the the reason that men give up their, their jobs here in the States and surrender to go present the gospel to another nation, carry the truth. That message that Jesus saves. They can know the forgiveness of sin because God sent his son. He gave himself. First Timothy two, six. Not only did God give his son, but the Son gave himself. He had to submit to that. You know, they didn't take his life on the cross. He gave his life. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free, but he didn't. Matter of fact, on the cross where they were crucifying him, he looked down at those that were crucifying him and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't even realize what it is they're doing. And God gave himself. God the Son gave Himself uh, 1 Timothy 2 6 says a ransom for all for all of us. It came at a great cost, and it's very cap- very capable. When Jesus saves, he saves to the uttermost. He paid your debt in full. There's nothing left for you to do. You know, you get these credit card statements in the mail and these offers. All the time. Uh, If you have any credit at all, they're going to be sending you these things and they want you to sign up, right? And then they have these debt consolidation offers. Oh, look at how much money you can save. Take all of your debt and roll it onto this card. It's only going to cost you 3% to move it. And you don't have to make any payments for six months. And then it goes to you know 19 or 21% or whatever it is you have these these debt consolidation cards we'll do this for you it's like they're providing you a service but they haven't really paid off any of your debt all you've done is the old saying rob peter pay paul right all you've done is move it around a little bit you haven't really helped yourself out at all well listen when jesus saves he doesn't just move it around he forgives the debt is paid in full. There's nothing left for you and I to do. What a joy to know that our sins are forgiven. He's forgiven you completely. Acts 13, verses 38 and 39 says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Through this man, Jesus Christ, He was preaching unto them there. You know, Acts is the starting of the church. The church is spreading out, going and and carrying the gospel to the world. And they're preaching Jesus Christ, Him crucified. And He says, We're preaching Him unto you. Why? Because through Him is the forgiveness of sins. Verse 39 says, And by Him all that believe are justified from all things. All that believe are justified from all things red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. Every single people group that you could mention that we might have in our community here or people group around the world, God loves them. And God sent his son for them. And that message needs to be carried to them. That truth needs to be shared with them. That Jesus saves. And when he saves, he saves to the uttermost. It's a permanent salvation. Let me just tell you, remind you, there's nothing temporary about everlasting. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, what's the next word? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. There's nothing temporary about everlasting. When God forgives, he forgives for eternity. Friend, we must be involved in missions in every way that we have the capacity and the means to do so. Every avenue we have. You know, if you're, uh, one time I had, one time in my whole life, I had an opportunity to go uh, deep sea fishing. Out on a big boat, out on a, on a, on a big lake. And uh, we, were, we were out in this big boat. And, I, you know, it's not like when you're standing on the shore uh, and you, you have your line, you throw it in, you're just waiting for something to bite. You know, we're looking for some big fish, right? And we have these huge rods and reels and big rods sticking up in the sky. And, and uh, you know, so we're getting out there and he puts the motor on idle, just, just above idle. And the, the, the boat's just kind of trolling along. And uh, he's like, okay, throw your reel out there. And I threw one out. And he had, a, he had a guide that would swing that, that one reel out to the right. And he's like, throw another one out. Like, okay, so throw, throw another one out. Put it down, let, let it trail out there a while. He's like, okay. And then he has another guide. They would pull that one you know, at about 25, 30 degrees from the other one. And then he's like, throw another one out. You know, like, man, what are we going to do if all these bite at once? You know, we're going to be in trouble. I mean, we got done and he's trolling along and there's only three of us on the boat and we've got eight or ten reels in the water. Why? Because it's another opportunity for a fish to bite. So we're spreading it out. We're putting the bait out there all over anywhere we can. And that's what we need to do to be involved in missions. Get involved anywhere we can. Get involved right here. Be a part of the church. Be a part of the church program. Get out and put John and Romans out. Help pack John and Romans, you know. Uh, knock on doors. Get out and help with the bus route and reaching kids into our local community, bringing them into church, and, and then give towards missions and be in prayer, prayer for missions conference and for the missionaries that are coming and, and that souls will be reached. Everybody in every area that we can, we need to be involved in this thing of missions because it's gonna, if we're going to see it happen, it's going to take a great commitment. We're going to have to be committed as a people. How committed are you? I hope there's a level of commitment in your heart so you realize how important it is. You say, you know what? I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to be getting that message out because it is important.